Well, hey friends, Kara Snyder here and welcome to Carline Conversations. I'm coming back to you from the car line and as usual, before we begin our conversation, I just wanted to quickly remind you that you can find us on most of the podcast platforms, places like Apple, Spotify, and Anchor. Please feel free to leave a review and become a subscriber or follower. This helps us to expand our reach and to find other mamas who are needing the encouragement in this season that we are all in and this coming and going. So I want to thank you for those of you who have already subscribed, you've already left reviews um, and just left your encouragement as well. It means more than you can ever know. And I love being in this journey with you in this car line life that we are in. I know that some of you, maybe you are graduating soon out of it. Your, your children are moving into that season of life where they are driving and getting themselves around. Or there are some of you who are like me, you've got teenagers, you've got tweens, who are, we are right in the thick of it, of this car line life. And then there are those of you, you have preschoolers, toddlers, little babies, and you are just getting started in this season. Wherever you're at, just know that you are loved, you are not alone, and we will get through the coming and the going and find our way and how to continue to lean in on God, trust in Him, and know that He is always with us through this season. So let's start our conversation today. Recently, I did a virtual event with a mom group in Illinois. And after I finished talking with them about anxiety and sharing my personal story of how anxiety and depression affected my life, we moved into some practical skills that we can use as adults and how there was scripture that are attached to those skills and even how we can model these things to help our own children learn how to regulate these feelings and these big emotions that they have because it can feel overwhelming and scary. It can feel overwhelming and scary for me when I get that wave of fear or that wave of anxiety and I don't know what to do. So if we as adults find ourselves there, of course our children are going to find themselves there as well. So I had several moms ask me, hey, thank you for this information. Thank you for showing us how these practical coping skills are tied in to scripture, how God was already, you know, ahead of the game for us, if you will. But could you give us a little more direction in some activities that we can do with our children when they do feel that overwhelming emotion of anger or burst into tears because of the anxiety that they feel? Or if they have those questions that many times our children have because of the thoughts that they are feeling due to the anxiety. So after that question, I I loved it and I shared some ideas with them. And then when we got off of the event, my wheels just started to turn. Do you all ever do that? Like someone asks you a question, they ask you for maybe some mom advice And you give the advice, but then when you're done, you start thinking about all these other things you wish you would have told them or other things that you wish you would have known uh, when you were a mom at the the place that they are a mom. So that kind of happened to me. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to hop on and make a video of these practical steps. And then I started to think about you, my car line conversation mamas. 
and how this might be something that is helpful for you as well. You know, when this podcast started almost a year ago, we're almost to a year, I told you that we would talk about real things, real struggles, but we would also talk about real practical things that you can use, that you can implement and put into place. And so I feel like we are in this place of both of those things. It is a very real struggle right now for parents, for mamas and their children who are are feeling anxious, who are feeling overwhelmed, and you're not quite sure how to respond. You don't know what to do to help them. And you notice that they're getting frustrated and you're getting frustrated. And seriously, it's a frustrating situation. So know that that is a fair What's the right word I want to use? That's the, a fair reaction, I guess you could say, to, to what we're all dealing with. So let's move into some practical activities that you can do for your kids if they're feeling anxious, okay? Now, I want to pause here. We have talked quite a bit about how when we work through our faith, we work through our mental health, it is a process, okay? So I want you to be willing to listen to these practical activities and remember that as you implement these things this is going to be a process and it is going to take time your children may be in first grade they might be third grade fifth grade sixth seventh grade so it's going to take some time to maybe unlearn some things that they have learned to do to relearn how to use these activities how to put them in place instead And there are going to be times where maybe it doesn't work. Uh, They get frustrated and they refuse to do it. Just stick with the process because I promise you, if you will stay with it over time, you're planting seeds in them and they're going to learn how to uh, self-regulate. They're going to learn how to put these things into motion and then it will help them to to know better how to respond to the anxiety, to the over emotions that they feel, the outbursts they want to have, the fears that may come over them. So you're teaching them over time how to use these, okay? So I just want you to remember that. So some of these activities are fun and it actually took me back to my child development days when I had my own classroom and we used a lot of sensory activities by activating your senses it it connects to your brain and connects to your emotions and it builds these new neuropathways um, to help your kids learn how to respond differently it takes us back to that neuroplasticity building new pathways for their brains to learn how to respond so a few things that you can do Um, blowing bubbles is a very simple activity a very fun activity but it is a great way for them to learn how to redirect their thoughts and redirect their focus on what they're they're focusing on so if you notice that they are having big emotion big anger big outburst bring out some bubbles and go outside and just blow bubbles Um, with younger ones you can do some fun things where you blow the bubbles and you want them to try to pop it with their hands to try to stomp on it and march on them or try to pop it with their elbow or with their knee make it a game and then let them practice blowing the bubbles also when you use something like blowing bubbles it helps them to learn how to focus on their breathing to pause and take those good deep breaths so then by using that activity as they get older you can start talking to them about hey hey remember when we used to blow bubbles when you were younger when you would get upset or you would be anxious or be really angry remember how when you would pause and take those breaths 
how that helped you to feel better. So then they're going to connect that activity to the skill. So get some bubbles if you are, maybe you're in a place or it's in a season where it's too cold to go outside and you have an area in your house that you can blow bubbles, find that place so that you can do that. Um, Another thing you can do is get, it's probably going to be something easier to find over spring and summer or if you're very crafty, you can create those pinwheels uh, where you can blow into the pinwheels. That's something fun for them to watch as well, the flower to move, their breath to go in and out. So that's another fun activity you can use. Something that my classroom always loved, and even my youngest, I've done this activity with her, is to make something called goop. Now, this can be a science experiment as well. And I would say this is a great activity for your elementary age students. All you need is water and cornstarch, and that is it. And you can just kind of experiment with the texture. And when you make goop, it is a, a mixture of a solid texture and a watery texture it's like when you feel it when you touch it it feels hard but then when you move your fingers it feels liquidy Um, and we use popsicle sticks and one way that we do that is that they can draw in the goop how they feel they can draw a smiley face a sad face a frowny face Um, you can also help them practice writing letters with that writing words you can do a mystery goop where you put things in it like if you do it in a bowl could do it in a bowl or a like a cookie sheet but if you do a bowl you can put things in the bottom of it like marbles or hot wheel cars um, or rocks or just something with a different texture and they have to guess what's inside the goop but if you don't want to put anything in it at all and they just want to put their fingers in it run their hands through it this is a great activity again it gets the senses in motion which allows the brain and the emotions to connect as well and it's calming them down It's helping them to have clarity of thought and it redirects them and it redirects their whole kind of nervous system. Um, So goop is another good thing. Fidgets, buying those fidgets for them if they are noticed, if you've noticed they're more fidgety. Putty, slime, finding those different um, slime um, ingredients, different recipes where they can create their own slime. Also, just getting them outside. We are very deficient in vitamin D as a whole, not just our kids, but even us as adults. So get them on an outdoor adventure. Go on a hike. Go on a walk together. If they play a sport, go outside and practice with them. Anything that you can do to get them outside and get that vitamin D, 15 to 20 minutes a day, that is so helpful for them with anxiety, with emotion regulation getting that exercise moving and getting their body moving. It is, it will make a huge difference for them. Now, this one is going to be something maybe you start with your children and over time you're, you're going to notice with your teens, hopefully as you begin this with your kids, they're going to continue in this process, but just talking, just talking about good and bad things and asking them questions like, tell me something good that happened today, but tell me something that made you mad. What made you frustrated? By asking them this question, it gives them permission to know that it's okay to talk to you about things that made them mad, made them frustrated, made them upset. We want them to know that they can do that. Now, sometimes, let's be honest, when we ask our kids and our teens these questions, they will not answer and they'll just say nothing. And that's it. That is all you get. And it makes you want to pull your hair out, doesn't it? I I understand. I promise you I understand. Keep asking. Keep asking that question. 
what was good, what was something that made you mad or frustrated or did anything uh, hurt your feelings a little bit today? Because when you ask those questions later on, they're going to realize, hey, I can go to my mom and talk to her about these real things. She asked me these questions all the time. So I know that it's okay with her if I come to her with these problems or these concerns. So ask the questions, make it normal to talk about the emotions because we don't want them to think that they have to push it down. We want them to know you acknowledge that emotion. You acknowledge its presence. Let it ride in the passenger seat of your car, but do not let it have the steering wheel. And when they hide it, that's where it gets to have the steering wheel. So we don't want it to do that. We want them to put it in the passenger seat and acknowledge that presence. Um, You can make things like a worry box or a worry monster where they look kind of funny, kind of silly. Let them be involved in that process. And then when they have a worry, they can put it in that worry monster and that worry monster can eat their worry away. A prayer box is something else that you can do and something my mom encouraged us to do with our prayers and things that we were laying down at the feet of the Lord was to date it. And then when God answered that prayer, put the date of the answer. Now, the answer may not be what we prayed for, but we know that God's ways are always good and always best. And we always want to be able to look back and say, this was God's answer. This is where he reminds us that he's faithful. And then also, one thing that we want to remember as our children and our teens are learning how to regulate, we are their first model to see how to regulate big emotions, how to regulate when things make us frustrated, when things make us anxious or afraid. Now, are we going to get it perfect every time? No, but we want to help them learn. This is how we problem solve. This is what some things that we're doing. And by giving them an example to model, they're going to follow our lead. So they're already following us. And so if we need to go back and say to them, hey, I didn't respond well to that situation and I'm sorry, that helps them to know, okay, if we do make mistakes, we can fix it. So I would love to hear from you which one of these that you're going to use, which one you're going to practice. You can go on my YouTube page at Karis Snyder, and I give some a couple of other uh, more in-depth information on this. But I do hope it was encouraging for you just to hear these practical things that you can use with your children, with your tweens, with your teens on how to respond to anxiety uh, and to those big emotions. Don't forget, you can follow me at karissnyder.com, C-A-R-I-S-S-N-I-D-E-R.com. Also, find me at Kara Snyder on Instagram or Facebook. And I've got great resources for you, devotionals for adults and tweens. You can find on my website. Uh, That would be great for them to go ahead and have for when anxiety may become great within. Thanks for joining me in the car line and I'll talk to you soon.